0: Welcome to episode 106. Thank you for joining us. This week, we are very excited to be welcoming Captain Riley Tjack to the show. Riley is the support officer for the Expeditionary Warfare School at the Marine Corps University here at MCB Quantico. As impressive as leading over 300 Marines may be, Riley is in contingency for the U.S. National Bobsledding Team. She's currently on the national team Out at team trials right now to make the final cut for the Winter Games in 2024. But being an elite athlete is nothing new. In college, Riley was on the George Washington University softball team. And as she tells us, as a Marine, she, as well as all other Marines, are tactical athletes. We talked to Riley about her path to the yellow footprints, what drives her to constantly excel at everything she does, and why representation matters. We had a lot of fun talking to Riley and look forward to tracking her progress through international competition at the highest level. Hopefully, some hardware around her neck when it's all said and done. So now, here's our conversation with Captain Riley T. Jack. Enjoy! Oh, and of note, when I was introducing Captain T. Jack, I initially said amphibious warfare school. Uh, I meant expeditionary warfare school. I'm aging myself. So, anyways, welcome and thank you for joining us for episode 106. Have fun. Hey, Scuttlebutt listeners. uh, Thank you, as always, for joining us today. Um, As always, I'm super excited, but I'm, like, really, really actually excited uh, for our guests today. But um, I am currently joined by Nancy. Hi, everyone. And our superstar guest, Captain Riley T. Jack, um, is sitting in as the billet of support officer for the Amphibious Warfare School here at the uh, Marine Corps University in Quantico. But, as most Marines are, it's so much more than the rank on her uh, her collar and the uniform on her shoulders. So, uh, well, Riley, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Oh, man, thank you guys for having me.
0: Yeah, and so the big reveal here is is that uh, Captain T-Jack is on the... United States bobsledding team going to participate in the Winter Games here coming up, and yeah, what I mean, just what an amazing sort of experience, what a unique experience. Um, yeah, let's before we get into all that, and congratulations by the yeah, way on, on everything that you're doing. Uh, super exciting. Um, why don't you talk to you a little bit about who you are, like what? growing up was like where are you from and then sort of your path to the yellow footprints
1: yeah absolutely and just before just a couple clarifications on a couple of things um so i am a con- in contingency for the olympic games in 2026 that team's not named until the month prior to the olympics okay so that is something you know i like it let's put it out there yeah yeah, the good no, yeah um, let's clarify. But yeah, um I have been on named to the United States national team, highest ranking team every year. It's a new national team. So actually I'm about to head out to team trials to try to be named again. And so that Olympic team, That's again, exciting. isn't named until the month before.
0: So so, so this is, and I, I hate to jump forward just to jump <laughs> back, but because this is such a, a unique thing and mm-hmm. something I think most Americans aren't really aware of, um, but definitely not this American. But so what what does that mean then? You, do you have to try out then every year? Like it's it could be a potentially new... Uh, team every year yes and okay. that's
1: what makes this level of competition so difficult is that your spot's not guaranteed yeah any year yeah and you have to show up and earn it every single year and we have one race at the beginning of the season to dictate our ranking amongst pilots okay i drive the bobsled so it's team t jack which is me and then someone else behind me and that person also rotates so okay you know last year i secured a top three spot I got to compete all across the world. Competed in world championships and have a top ranking overall of twelve in the world right now. However, new year, clean slate. Yeah. Have to earn. it. What was it. it,
0: Janet Jackson? What have you done for me lately? Yeah, right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that is a scuttlebutt first. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're gonna edit that out. So yeah, worry. okay.
1: That's a lot of pressure. But that—do yeah. you find that pressure is—is is an adrenaline drive for you to? Yeah, I always say pr- pressure is a privilege. And I live by that pressure is a privilege. And to have that pressure, don't get me wrong. I feel it. Sometimes I don't sleep very well at night and I can feel that restlessness because I know I have a big event and competition to come up, but I have pressure on me because I'm, I'm competing at the highest level of the highest level. And so I want to continue to have that pressure because that's my why behind why I do what I do when I'm exhausted after a long day of work. Having to get these workouts in and maintaining top focus in, in a sport that is an extreme sport that is dangerous. Yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. all of it.
0: So then, so you said you're uh, ranked currently 12th in the world. Mm-hmm. How many of those teams are from are, are, or were, would be considered the US national team? Are there multiple? Mm-hmm. Or are you guys the one?
1: So. Every year, the United States national team will be comprised of three sleds. So it's okay. USA 1, 2, and 3. Um, we have seven women's pilots right now. So there's majority of our team is not on that and fighting for spots. I and see. so what I like to like tell people is making the USA team arguably is harder than making the games. Mm, arguably wow. harder than making other teams because we have the best talent in the world in the United States. So to go to other countries awesome. and try to compete, you know, we'll beat them all the time. Like yeah. our USA six girl can go head to head with some other country's Number one. Right. And be successful. So to make the USA team sometimes, and this is not just for the sport of bobsled is the hardest thing to do.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And then after that, you're like, shoot, now that I'm here, you know, everything right. else seems easier.
0: Yeah. Wow, yeah, No, like, wow. Oh yeah. Take it's it's, it's, it's beginning of that. Yeah.
1: And so when I say like, two people that I compete against on the USA team are both um, multiple-time Olympic medalists that have been doing this sport for over 15 years. That's impressive. And to go head-to-head with them when they have that experience. They've been to five games already. You know, my goodness, they're number one and two in the world. They just won uh, gold and silver in the past games. Those are the teammates (laughs) that I have to go against and try to hope that I get that one spot compared to everybody else or I can knock off one of the world's best. Yeah, So. I always like, try to tell people, like, the, yeah, the Olympics are my dream. You know, I just made it to world championships, which is the Olympics of the non-Olympic year. Right, right. Right, right? competed in Switzerland and got to represent my country. Only top 20 teams made it. Um, but it's so much more complex, and it's all about timing. Mm-hmm. It's the month before. You better be peaking. You better not be injured. And you better be able to go and, and be named to that. However, again, and without getting into the intricacies of it, you cannot make the Olympic team without being named the national team that year, but not everyone on the national team makes gotcha. the Olympic team. Okay. Now
0: that makes total sense. So there are, th- it's a, it's a sort of a progression. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're, they're not going to like, Coach from outside, you know who your competition is for the Olympics. Right, you start to see that funnel. Yeah, you
1: start to see it, and that's where we're at right now. So Mm -hmm. people are like, okay, so why does a season matter? Like this, every season matters. There's always a World Championships. We always have top eight races around the world. Like Mm -hmm. just Mm because it's not televised as the Olympics doesn't mean the sport doesn't continue to evolve. And so every year it's like I need to make sure I'm competing head to head against these people that already are Olympians and stuff. Where do I rank up? Because again, like the Olympics you show up and it's four total heats and that's it. Yeah. So less than four minutes of actual competition. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We work, we work four years for less than four minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Put that perspective.
0: So, yeah, like you're saying, like you better be peaking. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, this is fascinating just from sort of an athletics and an athlete standpoint, Mm -hmm. but you're also balancing being a Marine. Talk to us a little bit about what that was like. So growing up, you don't do you come you don't come from a you're not a military brat, right? no, okay. so w- yeah, what is your story? like what, what was your upbringing like?
1: So my father was a professional baseball player, and my mom was very. She's a boss lady. That's what I call her. She's a (laughs) boss lady. She worked her way through college grad school on full scholarships and has been with the same company since she's graduated grad school and is like a uh, VP in her company as a female woman and is just incredible. So very highly successful parents that I was born in. Well, some achievers Yeah, no pressure. (laughs) Slackers. And so I'm the oldest and... I just, from a very young age, was ingrained in my mind the discipline of hard work and athletics mixed with academics and being able to apply yourself. And so sports was drilled down my throat because my dad was a, so- a baseball player, I was a softball player. That just became natural to me. I ended up getting a Division One uh, college softball scholarship to George Washington. Shout out to my mom for the academic help
0: there, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. hey, up, I, I mean, had to have both. Talk about both, yeah. Yeah, I had to
1: have both, and I had no idea I ever wanted to be in the military. And I tell people this all the time because I remember it so clearly. I never thought that was a possibility because I never saw it. Mm. So I never saw a female officer in the military. Granted, I grew up in Indiana, so there's not like a big base or anything like right, that. Right. right. But I never even thought that was an Put option. The
0: advertisements on doing no. the Super Bowl and no. none of that stuff. And right? let alone
1: let alone the Marine Corps. Yeah. Of all things. You know, I didn't know a whole lot, but I knew enough
0: <laughs> yeah. that
1: like, hey, that's that's the men's club. That's the boys'
0: yeah. club. That's yeah. That's so interesting. When I was um a second lieutenant, uh my Oso was African American. Mm. Uh and where we, we were going through the new posters had come out, you know, because as a second lieutenant right out of college, not at TBS yet, you know, you, you're kind of responsible for like setting up the fruit stands and stuff at this college. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, you want to, you know, hey, flock of seagulls, why don't you be a man or whatever? And so, <laughs> um, we they got us the new posters and stuff, and for the first time that I had seen, and I, and I'm I'm like you, I wasn't a military brat and didn't, but I'd seen the uh, officer poster was of a black uh, African American. Uh, captain in his dress blues, and I remember my OSA saying, "Like you know, when when most Americans see a, a, a Marine in uniform, regardless of uh, you know their ethnicity or or whatever, the uh, you know most white Americans will see it and see the uniform." Black Americans will see it and see that there's a black person in the uniform, mm. and uh, that was always a light bulb moment for me. And so, hearing you say the same thing, it's like, holy shit, yeah, like that—that's a real thing. Is representation, like, really does matter?
1: Yeah, and not being able to see it, how can you envision it? Mm-hmm. And that's why I tell people all the time: you have to see it to be it. And so, the military was never even on my radar. Um, I knew growing up, I was extremely passionate. My dad from athletics would train me with a military mindset. He loved the Navy SEALs. He loves Jocko, that kind of stuff. And so he was like, hey, when you go up to plate and softball, you fail 30% of the time. So I need you to be mentally sharp. So we would study military philosophy and how to be sharp and prepare for battle. Cause every time I went to the plate, he said I was going to battle. And so I saw some things like there, right. We watched all the movies, like, (laughs) you know, Sparta 300, you know, ah, like, (laughs) like that kind of stuff. And we're very, just like big personality anyways, like hype people. So we got a lot of energy off of that. And so I think the seed was planted from being very patriotic and knowing that the military had a lot to offer from like being mentally sharp And I do remember like somebody that we always were big fans of the military. And what I mean by fans is as a little girl, my dad would tell me, go, go thank them for their service. As a little girl, I'd run up to service members and tell them that. So again, all these things were there. I just never thought it was a possibility. I met a Marine recruiter when I was 18 on campus and I just fell in love with absolutely everything he had to say about the military, called my parents Week three of college. Hey, Mom, Dad. Yeah, so I'm not going to come home this summer. I'm actually going to go to Officer Candidate School for the Marine Corps. Don't worry. It'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be fun. <laughs> I think I heard my mom just, like, weeping in the background. <laughs> really? Um, my dad's like, can you just get through a softball season and work on being freshman of the year or something? You know, And my mom is like we sent you to the best school and you're just gonna go to the marine corps and they're like this is a phase this is a phase well i didn't come home that summer um i went to officer cannon school and i came back and they were so on
0: board um, oh nice That's they a were hell just, of a
1: phase oh my gosh they were just like we don't even recognize you in the sense of like i never had shot a weapon before and my dad took me to the range because i was like yeah like i i want to go shooting now and i could put take apart and put back together a weapon within a minute and my dad's like you broke it i'm like no 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 i know what i'm doing <laughs> yeah and i like put it back together and he was like he looked at me like who are you and what have you done oh, with wow. my daughter yeah, yeah. wow but they saw that it, it it had everything i needed it had the athletic i tell everyone marines are tactical athletes it had all of that things in place mm-hmm. that i needed to be successful we just didn't know where i fit in and then after that first time my parents are now like the biggest supporters, and I'm like, Mom, don't put the bumper sticker that says, "My daughter's a Marine." Like, yeah. no. Um, you have three of these T-shirts. You
0: don't need the newest version.
1: <laughs> so now, I mean, it's it's complete a 180. And I also think though their perspective was similar. Hey, Riley, you don't fit into the Marine Corps because you don't look like one, you don't talk like one, you don't act like one. You're a woman, and so a big part of what I'm trying to do is be that face for so many other people mm-hmm. to say no, like. I may not be what you think of when you say "see a marine," or if I ask you to describe what a marine is, I may not fit some of those characteristics. However, I get the job done. I've
0: been extremely successful. Hold my beer.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and watch me do pull-ups and watch me run circles around you as I fire my weapon and get some. And then, and then hours later, I can go and I can put my hair on, wear a dress, and you have no idea what I do or who I am. You know, my my mom always jokes. She's like. Yeah, you're Barbie. Um, but at the same time you'll turn around and slip my throat. And I'm like, yeah.
0: <laughs> you're, you're badass Barbie. Nice. Yeah. nice. Oh, the new badass Barbie. Um, so how does that work? So you uh then did you go junior seniors then? Yes. So PLC. then you came back, um what was uh how was the softball team receptive to it? They um, loved it. Did they? Okay. Loved
1: it. I mean, I was able to implement some you know, I was always a leader. Mm-hmm. I was always a captain. I was a middle infielder, so like that just naturally happened and My teammates knew at the end of the day, more than ever, that I was so squared away that when I said something, I was saying it for the right reasons. And I actually noticed a shift in how we ran things and how we went about. I'm not like it's not a small little military school. That's not what I was doing. But implementing what the values that the Marine Corps had taught me. And a couple of them, you know, one of them is train your men as a team. Okay, that makes sense. You know, but keep your Marines informed. And. I took a step back and was like, oh, my gosh, like as a captain, am I looping my teammates into every single conversation of understanding the why and all this stuff? So it was Mm -hmm. actually like practice. And we went from, you know, when I first committed a losing team to the first time ever winning our conference championship my senior year. Now, I'm not saying that was just because of me. But what I'm saying is I believe the leadership styles that the Marine Corps taught me was vital in – the team chemistry and getting people on board. And I can remember times when we wouldn't put up with the petty stuff. It's like, hey, if you have something to say, like we're going to say it, we're going to hash it out Mm -hmm. and we're going to continue to move on and get forward. And we joined through joint suffering. We came together because of that. And this mentality where they knew and they looked at me as like, no, like you're, you're a leader. And the Marine Corps gave me that. And then they love saying it, too, right? Oh, she's a Marine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm totally. like, okay, not yet. So, yeah, so,
0: so on that note, then, were they okay? Like, you know, like, I got to go back. Mm-hmm. And they're like, uh, that's fine? So or?
1: they didn't really care as much. Okay. It was more harder on me, personally, because I w- softball is a very long season. And just like MLB, we play a lot of games. Mm-hmm. We play seven games a week. Wow, that's a lot. So many. And the softball would want me to be strong, powerful, but for the military, I was having to transfer my body to being able to run three miles, to be able to mm-hmm, do pull-ups,
0: mm-hmm. which
1: the three miles didn't really go on with softball. Like no. three miles of softball don't really go together. <laughs> <Right>. Same thing <laughs> with Bob said. I don't know why I keep doing this to myself. Wait, how
0: many laps around the base paths is that? <laughs> A lot.
1: <laughs> yeah. A lot. Too many. Right? And we always joke, if you hit it far enough, you're jogging. Yeah, yeah. Okay? That's right. Like So... For me, I remember. I remember doing a five-hour practice and staying after, and then running outside our athletic com, uh, complex. People are like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I gotta get ready for my three mile." Yeah. Because two days after my conference championships, I showed up at OCS. Like, I can't not. So it wasn't so that they were mad, but it was the frustration of like I couldn't put on the weight I wanted. I was still lifting strong, but I was spending so much time training mm-hmm. and morphing my body that the heaviest and Arguably strongest I was was my freshman year prior to the Marine Corps. And then after, I said, well, I need to adapt my body. My body's my weapon. Right. Yeah, Ultimately. because
0: I mean, an OCS, a PFT is an easy day. Like, oh, oh yeah. sweet, we're just doing a PFT. Oh, 100%. Nice. Yeah.
1: You're like, bro, that's it? Yeah. <laughs> no, no trail runs? You know, all this stuff. So, yeah. So do you think being a Marine has made you a better athlete? Or is being an athlete, has that made you a better Marine? Oh, yeah, nice. I definitely say it's it goes both ways. I think – Because I was an athlete, it was really easy for me to make the transition to the Marine Corps. I think it was very, as an officer, it was very easy for me to always be a part of a team, to function as a team, to have communication, and to see the bigger picture. And then because of being a Marine, and bobsled specifically, right, I noticed that I had to rely on my training like we do in the military. And then once you've given the order, once you're ready to go, you're reacting. And I remember one specific story real fast. um, I was in the, I was, driving my bobsled and I hopped in and I kicked what my, basically my steering system and it went wrapped around my foot peg. So that means that the front axle was completely changed to one side before I got in. And normally like that would probably result majority of time in a crash and you'd go down the whole way on your head. And I swear it felt like the world just slowed down. I let go. I went down, I untangled it. And I had one of the best runs that year. That's great. And my coach was like, Yo, you crushed that run. And I'm like, I almost died. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I need a right. second. I'm like, I need a second. No one talked to me. And they're like, I don't understand what's happening. I was like, I kicked my D-ring. Like, I thought we were going yeah. over. I don't curse. My teammate in the back said they started hearing me say all these things and they're like, what's going on? Um you're like I'm just happy
0: that a bobsled didn't end up on top of my head. <laughs> yeah, because Real. I
1: because I kicked it. Like and I relate that because of my Marine Corps training. Because when I remember being in the field at TBS and doing this stuff, you're just, you're just reacting. And, you, and the situation is changing. People in the Quantico Hills are coming out of nowhere in war, right? You're seeing things, and you have to be adaptable, and you can't stop and think. You just have to go and trust the training that you've had. Mm-hmm. And so that specific moment I say all the time, I'm like, if I didn't have that training in the Marine Corps of high intensity, high pressure, quote, life and death on the line, taking care of me and someone else, I don't know if I would have been as successful as a 23-year-old when I kicked my D-rings and we would have crashed on our head right. the next you know, yeah. minute and severely injured ourselves. And I think that there's so many things constantly that there isn't a Riley, the Marine, Riley, the bobsledder. That is both of them are true identities and they both keep playing off of each right. other and make it better. The Marines love that I'm a bobsledder. The bobsledders love that I'm a Marine. I'm like, cool, you know, win to yeah. win. And you can like right. merge this community to see like what you're able to do. And again, I say this all the time I love to recognize myself as a tactical athlete and say that amongst all military members like we are athletes mm-hmm. we eat sleep and train like it and what we're asked to do in war and combat situation is to perform as an athlete with the highest stakes of pressure sure. right um not oh we lost
0: yeah, yeah, yeah oh, second place yeah
1: no <laughs> like no you didn't get shot you know yeah
0: um well i mean as far as that murder uh that you're talking about i mean We've seen that in some of your, in the recognition, right? You mm-hmm. were uh, recognized as uh, the athlete of the year for mm-hmm. 2021. Is that correct? Yes. And what was that like for you? I mean, it it seems like that's, it's recognition of something that you've, you seem to have already fully embraced. Mm-hmm. Um, it just is, I guess, another accolade, but.
1: Yeah. I mean, I got that award in 2021, only a year of doing bobsled. And that's because I had some medals to show for it. You know, I was doing well in the military with my scores. And it talked about community involvement and what I was doing to give back. And I'm very big into volunteering and doing stuff, especially with my church. And looking back at it now, I'm like, I can't believe I want it. Like, look what I'm doing now. Like, yeah. I'm so much better now than I was there. But for me at that time, I can't tell you what it meant to be recognized by the Marine Corps for my efforts. Because that photo that announcement that everything got more people on board behind me and gave me more legitimacy and showed that the Marine Corps backed me and stood behind me on what I was doing and so it's really simple that yes the trophy's in my office and it's beautiful but it's not the trophy itself that meant something it was the award that came with it that the Marine Corps took the time I had a general you know shake my hand and say hey we're proud of you for what you're doing Mm -hmm. keep going and and we're here to support you and that, there's no value, there's no price that you could put on that, and that gave me the motivation to say, you know what, this isn't just about me. I have people behind me that are counting on me, that support me. Like I have to keep going, and I have to keep fighting. And when days get hard, I think about that. I think about all the Marines that are looking to me, that have stood behind me, that support me in those endeavors, that want to keep propelling me and, and pushing me forward. So yeah. it was an awesome honor. Um, I do plan on um, – Applying again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say, so I'm just saying,
0: I like one of the things I've, I so appreciate your humility in this because for me, you know, as sort of a, uh, you know, self professed narcissist, I'd be like, I'm on the fucking national team. Like, of <laughs> course I'm getting this award. What are you talking about? Like, everybody else is fighting for second place.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, the way I just carry out things, I just don't feel like, um, a lot is is given is you deserve a lot in the Marine Corps. Let me put it that way. I took my oath and I knew that like, I'm here to serve my country. Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. So it's like, all right, Marine Corps, what do you need? I'm here. I've signed over like all this stuff. So then for them to give something back, you know it sounds like an abusive relationship but (laughs) like i just like (laughs) like i don't expect it so then when that happened and they're like hey we're having a ceremony for you and
0: it's tough love it's just tough love love.
1: but when you get it right you get a little bit it's like the most addicting thing in the world right sure here and i'm like looking out to them like me like you know right and i agreed someone else would be like well duh of course yeah like of course you're gonna get it but to me it was like the greatest thing and my dad flew out i i was presented in california my dad flew out from indiana just to be present there com was there like that's one of my dad's framed photos is of me and him with that award uh in his office
0: that's awesome that's yeah. so cool to hear and i mean it's it's funny that you say like you know what you know that's not what you can uh your country can do for you what you can do for your country it's like for you it's like well i'll fight your battles oh yeah and i'll get you a couple medals too right. <laughs> I'll yeah. you. if you don't world mind state. world I'll achievers i'll do this thing yeah in the marine corps um well so let's so let's talk about getting medals then so um because your path to bobsledding was fairly unconventional yes. you said so you grew up in um in indiana mm-hmm. you went to uh here in dc you go to college play softball yep and then i how does that work you just and i think we talked about this a little mm-hmm, bit at mm-hmm. one of the events but yeah well i want you i don't want to steal your thunder <laughs> like, how did that all come to be
1: Yeah, so people always ask me, how did you bobsled Indiana? I'm like, I didn't. Okay, Um, playing softball at GW is where Alana Myers-Taylor also played softball. Alana Myers-Taylor is a five-time Olympian for the sport of bobsled. And so I knew of her. I met her. I presented her an award. I had a conversation with her. I was like, man, in another life, I would be a bobsledder but I have the Marine Corps and I knew how special that was to me and what I wanted to give to that. So I just kind of kept that in the back of my head, but supported her through that. Hey, cool alumni. Yeah. You're Mm -hmm. Olympian dude, That's sick. You know, probably maybe what some people look at me as now. And you know, I I finished my military training. I was like, I want to be the best I can be. I commissioned the basic school, logistics school, boom, this mysterious fleet happens. I'm like, sick, I'm here. I made it. And it's COVID. And I'm like, amazing. And I love to look at opportunities and make the most out of nothing. And I'm like, okay, COVID, you suck, but there has to be something good that comes out of this. right? And I realized that I kind of lost my why. I kind of lost my next goal Mm. because I had achieved everything I wanted to up until that point, right? Like I finished top in the Marine Corps training. I'm filling an 03 billet as a brand new second Lieutenant reporting to Lieutenant Colonel, um, with a unit of 750 Marines, like what else could I possibly want? But I didn't have that drive. And I want to join the Marine Corps softball team. I was like, oh, this makes sense. Yeah. COVID, think yeah. again. Like sick. <laughs> and I saw from Alana that uh, Bobsled was having an online combine. So generally the combine is just assessing athlete, athletic ability. And they normally do it in only certain person events. So it's very random if you hear about it or you have to travel far just to even show mm-hmm. up. Well, it's online. I was like, Pfft. Cool. I'll spend a month. I'll just train. At least I have something to train for. I want to see how I stack against the best of the people in the world. And then me being bold and just my personality, I decided to pick up the phone. I called the head coach. (laughs) I said, (laughs) hey, hey, it's Riley. Uh, Yeah, I'm a Marine officer. I'm in my office right now. I'm going to be submitting a video, so uh, you should pay attention to it.
0: Keep an eye out for it. Yeah, you should pay attention to it. You're going to be impressed. You're going to love this. Yeah, and
1: here's who I am, and I don't think you're going to find someone like me and kind of not cocky, just confident. Mm -hmm. And then I called Alana, got in contact with Alana. She gave me more information and contacts. And the next thing I know I got an invite and I said, oh my gosh, this just happened. I said, oh no, I have to ask my boss. (laughs) 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 I'm like, how do I explain this one? Um, because that's just who I am. I just constantly do things that surprise people. You know, no one expected me to join the Marine Corps. My poor parents. When they get a FaceTime call from me, they never know where what's I am or what I want to say. Like, <laughs> what's she coming oh, up with Oh, these next? poor parents. I'm going to join the Marine Corps. They're like, what? 19, I'm going to move to Kyrgyzstan and study Russian so I can be a better officer. They're like, what? Oh, by the way, I'm <laughs> I'm in the middle of the season, but I'm interning for a congressman so I can learn policy because he has Fort Hood in his district. They're like, what? Uh-huh. And then we get here and I'm like, Hey, uh, I I know you guys are so proud of me. Um, and I just got at my new job, but I'm gonna go try out for the bobsled team. And they're my dad. Like my mom is like, can you just like yeah. stop for five <laughs> seconds? And I'm like, I will never stop. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep running through doors. I'm done even more crazy hey, have things. Have you heard of a nap? I don't do naps. <laughs> I don't have, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, not when the sun's up. Um, so uh, yeah, I, that, that's just like my personality. So anyone who knows like. if we haven't talked for a month, I always have something I'm about to brief you on. Uh, Prepare. So again, my poor parents, (laughs) the heart attacks that I've given them. Um, Yeah. And so that's kind of how it was. And I just went for it. Um, My boss was extremely supportive. You know, I had to show my worth as a Marine and show that I could be squared away and get things done, was able to do that. They believed in me. I did well. Three years later, made the national team, competed, and I'm sitting with you guys today to talk about it.
0: It's so (laughs) crazy. I mean. The thing is, is that to hear you talk about it again, sort of the the humility, which is uh, really is so unique, is that you're making it seem, I think, a lot simpler. Yeah. Like I I do want (laughs) to encourage our listeners to definitely like carpe diem, seize the bull by the horns and all those great cliches. But I'm guessing it's a little harder than It's a that. lot harder. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot harder. I mean, I, I, know, I, I know, you know society loves to talk these days, talk about, you know, well, just put it out to the universe. Mm-hmm. There is a little bit of that. But there is a lot of other stuff. Yeah, you have to
1: time management. I yeah, would imagine. you have to back it up with action. You can say anything you want. You can manifest whatever the heck you want. But if you don't get up and do something about it, I just say I'm not going to waste time talking about it because I'm already doing it. So you're going to be talking about it after I do it. Yeah, yeah, is what I is what I say a little bit. But I think when you're looking at the situation, like yeah, I drive a bobsled 90 plus miles an hour. I have to memorize all these tracks. I have to do that while maintaining Marine Corps standards while being a captain in the Marine Corps while trying to be a daughter a family a friend own my own kind of like small business stuff on the side and uh oh yeah have a life
0: at then. end of yeah it. yeah, so. yeah. And, and, and so what is that like then like what is you know again like this is such a unique experience i don't think mm-hmm. like a lot of our listeners and myself included were able to draw uh any corollaries what's your daily daily battle rhythm like like what are you up before the sun and mm-hmm. in bed after it's down? Like how how does it
1: Yeah, I don't get enough sleep so my hair will probably turn gray here very soon and wrinkles hey, on my face. That's um. why <laughs> mine's so <laughs> short. Wrong with that's that. why <laughs> mine's so short, man. Yeah. So I'm twenty six and uh, you know, we're kicking it, but no day looks the same. And I always go back to what are my priorities and it's, I hate the excuse why I don't have time. No, I I had time. You just weren't a priority. And that's the hard reality. My number one priority is my Marines. My number one priority is my job as a Marine officer. That's just that. That's the commitment I made. That's the order of that. Second thing I have to make sure I get taken care of is my workouts. I have to train. And there's days when I don't get to, and I'm pissed off, but I'm like, I had, I had to get what I had to done, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, third, that I have to be able to rest and recovery and eat. Yeah. And that sounds silly, but that no. actually takes it's a, real a lot of time. Yeah.
0: That's a real thing. Yeah. yeah,
1: absolutely. And to train six days a week means I have to be recovering in that. So sleep is vital, but I will say that's the one thing I sacrifice the most because, you know, I'm doing all this. I'm trying to get this, my story out there. I'm trying to inspire other people. I'm trying to help with recruiting efforts. I'm trying to find ways to pay for what I do for bobsled. And you're a Marine all the time. that doesn't just, like, shut off. There is no nine to five hours, you know. So a lot of it. it. Absolutely. (laughs) So a lot of it is how can I get two workouts in a day? And that's early wake-ups. That's shutting my phone off early. That's Mm -hmm. not really having a social life, you know. It's me and my cats at home. (laughs) And that's that. And it's lonely for sure. But that's some of the sacrifices that I have to make. And there's times when I don't have times to go see some of my friends and everything like that. But, again, it'll all be worth it when I'm sitting on the podium one day.
0: So what is that like then for your Marines? Like when you take PT formations, they're just like, fuck.
1: (laughs) <laughs> so, th- yeah, when I when I showed up, I'm like, hey, Devil Dogs, um, yeah, you know you're with me, so uh, you're going to be PTing with me. Yeah. And at first, they hate it, and they hate me during the workouts, but they love it after because mm-hmm. they're like, I've never done anything like this. And, you know, a goal and dream that I have is even here at Quantico, and I've been actually – We're going to put it out there. It's actually in the works is to run some actually events where it's like, hey, come train with Riley and I'll take you through a warm up, a a cool down and a full workout here on base. And it's open to anyone on base, Marines and civilians alike. And just be like, hey, let's just let's freaking get after it. And I'll just program workout. And that's the kind of stuff that I want to be able to do to give back. I didn't know some of these things that I've learned from Team USA. And mm-hmm. I am I was a Division One athlete, so I know some of these Marines don't know things. Like I said, if you're a tactical athlete, you have to know how to take care of your body. Sure. And so these are things that I want to give back and I want to be able to do. And, you know, my Marines love me for it because they're like, wow, I'm in the best shape. Or I'm like, hey, what are you doing? Nothing? Go to the gym for an hour. What? Go PT. Mm-hmm. That's a part of your job. Yeah. So who helps you train? Mm -hmm. So I have a coach. um, His name's Les Spellman. He's incredible. He's one of the best in the world. Um, Speed and strength and conditioning. He works with NFL, MLB, NHL athletes from all over. So he programs me. Unfortunately, I had to leave him in San Diego. Um, But he does remote programming.
0: Okay. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then is that just like he will just send you sort of a daily text and then you respond back with like what you accomplished or like – you FaceTiming yeah. timing like how does all that yeah
1: he's really awesome and has an app okay. and so all the programs like in there um does he is... ever
0: have to watch you perform to make sure your yeah. mechanics are okay that's or?
1: the hardest part i'm okay. struggling with right now um in this new era this past couple of months not having someone there that has that set skill set is detrimentally hurting me yeah um how do you coach from a distance right you can tell them the workout all day long but Just like as a Marine, you have to inspect what you expect. Yeah. And so we're kind of trying to navigate through that right now. So I don't have that down despite what everyone thinks that I have my whole life figured out. I don't. And I still got to figure out how I can adjust with that. But what I do do is I reach out to some Marines. And so I have a couple buddies that are other captains of the Marine Corps. And I'm like, hey, just come work out with me. You don't know anything about, like, what I'm doing. But at least do the workout with me Mm -hmm. so I at least have a training partner and obviously if you see something that looks jacked up or whatever, like let me know. But at least I can get that extra motivation. But I'm yeah, I'm struggling with that, to be yeah. honest.
0: Man, I can imagine. And, and because it is I think you know, saying that Marines are tackle athletes is so kind of you. <laughs> 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 but um if you have you ever watched Marines play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> you'll know that that's just
1: because so you're an athlete doesn't mean athletic It's yeah, right i'll that's tell you right that. that yeah you can <laughs> be an athlete that.
0: and not very coordinated at yes. times for sure um but yeah there's you know so much of that um especially this this era where um sports science um you know kinesiology physiology uh is so fine-tuned specific and so advanced um yeah, that there are so many – I can only imagine the challenges that you have trying to balance both yeah. things. And so, again, like my hat's off to you for just the amount of uh, effort and dedication that you have And all this. It's really – it's it's crazy. Are we doing all right on time?
1: We've got about 10, 15 minutes left.
0: Okay. Okay, cool. Um, so I'll, I'll get to then – so how does the injury thing work? Um, mm-hmm. I've got to imagine that both – the uh, U.S. National Team and the Marine Corps, kind of like um, like how actors have to sign like certain clauses, they're not going to do like hazardous sports when they're like getting ready for a movie. Like, <laughs> how does that like? Do, are both of them like, oh god, she's going like, do the obstacle course, and then the Marine Corps is like, oh god, she's going to go do this. Like, is everybody sort of freaking out like that you're going to? Get injured and I damage think, the goods.
1: I think the less I tell people, the better. <laughs> um, that's a good strategy. It's like like it, you said, like yeah, after it's like over,
0: it. I'll tell you all about it.
1: Right, right. Are you gonna be talking about it as I'm doing it? And you're like, whoa. And I'm like, I did it. I did it. Um, yeah. A lot of people don't know stuff so about bobsled, so I'm very fortunate. I'm lucky about it. Uh, being in the sport and being young, I've had a lot of crashes and failures. And those crashes are the worst thing in the world. 90 miles an hour, we experience 45, yeah, 45 Gs when you crash. Your head's pinned. What your skin's burning. Your head exposed, right? That and your shoulder. Okay. Your skin is burning off. We've had people get skin drafts. You know, you have all these different injuries. And I've walked away from crashes um, completely concussed, not knowing where I am, thinking thinking the Lord that I'm alive. Wow. Um, And coming back i i know that <laughs> that injuries add up over time you know i know that tbi and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. and i've even felt like my memory struggle and and other things like that but what i will say is i do two extreme
0: professions
1: yeah yeah yeah. you're not doing like
0: basket weaving and yeah being a marine and firing
1: weapons and you know getting after and getting some and then partnering that with bobsled like just makes sense so i think you know i i have like two stepdads and they both like (laughs) love me but they both don't want to talk to each other so it's really great because they don't really know and i try to keep my injuries like I'm admitting this on, <laughs> on live, but I'm keep my injuries. Dozens like, quiet. Dozens of people right now are totally, <laughs> yeah, yeah. totally I, <laughs> yeah, I keep my injuries like kind of like quiet within myself. You know, like I know my limits. I know what I can and cannot do. Mm-hmm. I'm in a non-deployable status right now. Um, unit. So right, I don't have right. to worry about that kind of stuff. And I stay medi- medically fit, but there has been times when I actually almost get myself injured trying to balance the two. And what I mean by that is bobsled wants me heavy. And wants me to be able to move weight and move weight quickly. And like softball makes sense. But when you go to the Marine Corps standards and specifically for the three-mile run, yeah, heavy doesn't move fast.
0: You're right, right. And
1: so there's times when I do a full season of bobsled, I try to get as big, as heavy, as strong as I can. And I have one month. So when everyone in Bobsa takes the one month off like april
0: you're gearing up for pft i go
1: straight into pft training and i always i have to lose weight i get chin splint, like it's terrible because i can't balance both and i give myself one month and then while everyone's rested i'm exhausted and then i have to unlike everyone else put all that weight back on and restart every single year every single year i do that and every year it absolutely mentally and physically is exhausting and, and leads to a form of small injury, or Mm -hmm. it sets me back, or I never can get back to where I was, or uh, just the mental defeat of like, or never stopping. But again, so as I say that, and as I admit that it's hard, the same time I look at that and I said, heck yeah, that's why I do it. Because if it was easy, everyone would do it. There's a reason it hasn't been done before. There's a reason why people don't do the Marine Corps and do some of the things that I'm doing, because they don't mesh. And so I actually sometimes get more motivated because I'm out there and I'm like, I'm like, heck yeah, while everyone else is resting and not doing anything, I'm freaking getting after it. I'm training my body. I'm doing things that no one else would do. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I'm putting myself in situations that is not good for me. And gosh dang it, that absolutely gets me going. And then I can keep doing it. And so how I sustain it in those hard moments is I look and I'm like, no one else is doing what I'm doing and i know that and i know that i have to work 10 times harder than everyone else to maintain this dubo status no i can't replicate that forever sure but my goodness while i can i'm gonna well, I going to keep going yeah yeah you got the juice
0: man you got me motivated I Yeah. you
1: like- gonna start <laughs> training tomorrow vic uh,
0: oh yeah tomorrow <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: after this man
0: well you know I- yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll okay. see. Yeah, I, I'll, yeah. I'll see what my calendar looks like. We'll yeah. talk later. Because well, okay. I got to edit this. Oh right, you know, right, right. Like Get okay. it ready to go and stuff. Um, so how does that work? So again, like, you, clearly you have the the drive, you have the ability, you have all these things. That's not enough at times, right? Because yeah. you like, except for when I ninety five ice is over, there's not a lot of places around here for you to train. Right. So. I got to imagine you're doing a lot of travel on mm-hmm. top of all of this other stuff and that's doesn't come cheap. Right. How how, did, how is that how is the, the funding aspect of this all working out for you?
1: Yeah, that's the biggest struggle is that like as you mentioned, I train back and forth at the Olympic Training Center at Lake Placid, New York. It's closer than here than it was in California, but we're basically expected as USA athletes to be able to self-sustain and team USA does pay for some things. Mm -hmm. Um, but like you said, budget wise for the bobsled team isn't massive because people don't know about it. There's not a whole lot of revenue. We're not USA gymnastics. So it's up to the athletes to be able to find sponsorships Mm -hmm. and be able to make this work. So, you know, never as a Marine, but as a team USA athlete, Riley, you know, the bobsledder, I work my absolute rear end off to market myself to work with companies to see, Hey, can we come up with an agreement? Like I'll put you on my sticker. I'll help fund you on social media. I'll help do all this kind of stuff so I can offset costs because doing the sport, I'm actually losing money. Last year, I spent over 10 grand of my own money just to compete. And that doesn't happen when people hear the word professional athlete, you know, they're like, you do what? So on top of doing all this, breaking myself off, I'm also doing that financially too and having to make means work. So, you know, I'm super thankful that the Lord has blessed me and provided ways and people have come in and been like, well, I can help you and in in any way possible and financially sure. But I've had people offer like, Hey, I can um, book a flight with points for you. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like that saves me money. That's huge. So, it's not all about the money. You know, I always tell myself based off my faith, like if there's a way like it'll happen and yeah. like the Lord will, will bless me tenfold. If I'm not supposed to be there, I won't. But that's an added stressor and an added job is marketing myself yeah. Yeah. constantly. I I don't want to hire an agent because I don't want to lose money. And people laugh at me when they say I'm a bobsledder anyways because they're like, well, that makes no money. But I've been blessed and fortunate. And I also hold myself to a standard. I'm only going to work with veteran or military owned companies mm. wow. I'm not okay. going away from that. that's my community. Man. those are my people and so We're I have standing. lost stuff because of that. but if I stay yeah. strong to that, you know eventually hopefully the big people will come knocking and they'll start seeing and, and respect me for for holding that line and wanting to give back to the community that I'm I'm not growing that's amazing up in, but I, I mean
0: that's absolutely amazing I mean it's again like so it's so rare to hear. These sorts of things, especially when it comes to sports marketing, because as you know, I mean, that can be one of the most brutal, cutthroat. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's not a lot of there's not a ton of ethics. Yeah, in sports marketing, no. sports entertainment. So, I mean, that, that that's just absolutely that's fantastic. Well, we'll definitely um, post all of your stuff. Um, do you have a place like if our listeners want to donate or contribute do you yeah. have a place that they can go to yeah for the that? best
1: thing if you guys are listening right now um, I'm very active on Instagram only okay um, handles Riley.tjack and then through there I have links that I have a GoFundMe that I just okay. have it's been since I started the sport so yeah <laughs> it's yeah. just like I just haven't changed it so it's the same one and then I even have people um, that are just like hey we just want to like Venmo you or we just want to like buy something for you so I've had people like buy me a new pair of running shoes and I was like oh my gosh that was awesome so and then I also want to just make a quick plug here it's not all about financial ways to help you know there's ways that I'm like you can you can help me by praying for me you can help me by sharing my photos by liking my stuff by telling other people by listening Mm -hmm. by following up with my story by supporting Team USA bobsled and just paying attention to the things that we're doing you know I think there's more ways than people think that they can help with doing very little. And part of this is to get the story out there, not selfishly for me, but to impact lives of what I would think is young girls all around the world Absolutely. of being like, look yeah. what you can do. And it's about entering That's those huge. spaces yeah. that people haven't before. It's entering the male dominated roles of professional sport and the military. Well, and showing the yeah, it's both. Just,
0: it, like just sparking that imagination. Totally. And like the thing that, I mean, just, it's not that it's, it's, uh, necessarily malicious, right? Or but it's just you don't think of it because you don't see it, right? Uh, and he, and here you are. I mean, that yeah, that's such a great point. Um, and yeah, we definitely want to be a part of that.
1: And we're going to be telling your story in Leather Deck Magazine in a special is, issue. So shameless all you plug, plug I love of it. listeners, <laughs> <St>. <laughs> yeah, that's coming out soon. Yeah,
0: coming out, and then we're going to do another with you, um, after your uh, training as you're getting ready to go. Yep. And so we're going to be cheering you on the whole way. We know you're going to make it. Absolutely. This is going to be awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your super busy schedule um, to be with us today. Um, we'll post all of your links and stuff in the show description so that our listeners can help, contribute, like, reshare, repost, whatever kids are calling it these days. <laughs> um, and, Yeah. Thank you so much, Riley, for being on Semper Fidelis. This is awesome. Thanks, guys. A common axiom is that those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Another axiom is that we sweat in peace so that we don't bleed in war. Here at the Marine Corps Association, we fully understand both. That is why we offer, through our professional development page on our website, a comprehensive catalog of battle studies, tactical and ethical decision games, and war games to ensure that not only do we learn from the past, but we embrace the thoughts and decisions that influence the outcomes of some of the greatest actions of the Marine Corps. We have tools and techniques that will enhance both unit training as well as enable comprehensive self-study. Check out all that the Marine Corps Association has to offer on our website. Go to mca-marines.org forward slash professional dash development that's mca-marines.org forward slash professional dash development and get your reps and sets in scuttlebutt is a production of the marine corps association i am william truding but you've also heard the voices or contributions of Vic rubel usmc retired nancy lichman or ty frazier the opinions expressed in this episode do not reflect the official stance of the Marine Corps, DOD, or Marine Corps Association.